When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Live. Lamar Jackson is speaking to the media at Ravens training camp in just a couple minutes. He's out there today. We'll bring you what he said as well as talk about what Baltimore is capable of as Lamar awaits a new deal. We'll also hear from Dak Prescott today. He talked and someone here says unless Dak can be Tom Brady, it could be a long year in Dallas. More on that is coming your way. Also, the reason both Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett fit better than Big Ben in the Steelers offense. It's all coming your way right now on NFL Live as we welcome you here. And we've got a lot to get to today with camps in swing all over the league. Lewis Riddick is here with Rob Ninkovich and Adam Schefter. We're going to get into a lot of interesting stuff, including a very intriguing day at Cardinals camp with Kyler Murray. Let's dive right in there. As Murray, you may have seen the reports that the Cardinals put a film study addendum in his contract for $230.5 million. It requires four hours of independent study per game week. And today, Kyler called a surprise press conference to discuss this information getting leaked and more. Listen. I feel uh, it's necessary, you know, um, with what's going on as far as regarding me and, and the things that are being said about me. Um, it's... It's almost, you know, to think that I can accomplish everything that I've accomplished in my career um, and not be a student of the game and not, um, not, not have that passion and not, not take this serious is, is almost, it's disrespectful and it's, it's, almost, it's, it's almost a joke, you know. Um, it's, to me, it's, um, I'm flattered. You know, I'm, I'm honestly flattered that y'all think that at my size I can go out there and not prepare for the game and not, um, you know, not take it serious. It's, 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 it's disrespectful, I feel like, to my peers, to all, the, to all the, the great athletes and great players that are in this league. Um, this game's too hard uh, to, to play the position that I play in this league. Um, it's, it's, it's too hard. Okay, we'll get into this, but what it makes you think is Nink is shaking his head is how this information even get out there in the first place. But let's start, Nink, with you, and what do you make of Kyler's comments today? A lot of eyes in that. A lot of eyes. A lot of comments on himself. And listen, I, I, don't, I don't care, and really nobody cares what you did in high school or college or even what you did the last couple of years in the pros. Like, I... I don't care. It's about what you do next, what you do in the future. And listen, the media didn't put that in his contract. I didn't put that in his contract. No, but we didn't put that in his contract. That's what the Cardinals put in his contract. So it's not really us or the media twisting things and making something a big deal. It was what was put into a contract, which puts a question in your head of, well, why would you have to put that in there if you didn't have any questions about that if you didn't um if you had no worries in the world about preparation and and how you get ready for the next week and how you prepare and and get yourself ready to go you know it's really for me a lot of the eyes well look what i've done in the past look what i've did not many people have gone undefeated in high school well 
Every single professional athlete, every single football player was really, really good in high school. We were really good. Everybody was really good. And then in college, we were really good too. So in the pros, it's different. It's a different level. So the Cardinals put this in his contract for a reason. And I just, I have an issue with the whole press conference and it was more about, you know, well, you know, I feel flattered that they think at my size, I could go out there and not prepare. But like, listen, everyone has to make themselves and get themselves ready to go because it's, this is a league of, of professionals that are trying to provide for their families. And look, he just got a huge contract. Great. You know, I, I love when people get paid, but at the end of the day, the Cardinals put this in writing in his contract. That's the reason we're talking about it. Yeah, it's, it's not the media's fault. It's nobody's fault. People are asking questions because that's what they're obligated to do when they have this kind of thing that gets leaked. An independent study addendum. It's something that people who have negotiated contracts for a living that I've talked to have said they have never seen. Ever. And you're right, Rob. Look, I didn't watch film at home at all in high school. Didn't watch film in my dorm room in college. We didn't have film to take to our dorm room. The game has evolved, the game has changed. Players are constantly raising the bar, especially when it comes to trying to find a tactical advantage in the film room, in terms of their preparation, whether it be physically and or mentally. Somebody in Arizona doesn't feel as though, Kyler, you're doing enough, or you're doing it at the level that other greats are doing it. And you know what, so far, you have put up some wonderful statistics. Top 10 statistics. Hell, I argued for you to be in tier one as far as quarterback. Well, not tier one, in the top 10 in terms of quarterback rankings because you've earned that objectively by many of your advanced statistics that you put up. But somebody at your organization, unless this addendum is just, I don't know, I, I don't want to use the word fake news, but I'll use fake news. <laughs> unless it's that, someone doesn't believe that you're doing all that you could do that could take you to another level, that can not only raise your game, but raise the game of everyone around you because that's a, isn't that ultimately what everyone is after? Everyone's after championships, which for you means raising the level of everyone else around you so you don't get stomped by the L.A. Rams in the wild card round on national TV. That's what this is about. So I would have loved to have seen him just take ownership of it and say, hey, you know what, I need to do more. I'm the highest paid player on this team. I need to do more, and I'm going to do more, period. Hmm. But hey, he Lewis. did. Lewis. You've done contracts before you've been around contracts. There aren't that many people in an organization who contribute to the content of what goes into a contract. And there can't be an awful lot of people who have the idea of putting in a clause that states you must study four hours a day or a week or whatever this clause says. Now, I don't know whether this is right or wrong, but I can tell you that there's a perception around the league that it came from ownership. That ownership wanted this clause in there. And again, only a few people are involved in the contract. And so now when you put in yeah. a clause like this, that people think, right or wrong, came from way up high in the Cardinals organization, it casts questions about the player. And frankly, it casts questions about an organization that's willing to spend $230.5 million on a player and still ask him to do his homework mm. after practice and not play video games. Mm. So it just doesn't fit together. Yeah. And so Kyler Murray can come out and say whatever he wants today, but the fact of the matter is all that matters is what he does on the football field. There's nothing 
that he's going to say that's going to change the perception and narrative that's been introduced by the introduction of an unprecedented clause until he can go out and play the way the Cardinals expect him to. And there's no doubt about that. Ultimately, I mean, that's what we always come back to, right? Things are ultimately settled and decided on the field. It can shut up a lot of narratives or shut down a lot of narratives and shut a lot of people's mouths from and keep them from asking you questions that you don't want answered if you just answer the stuff on the football field. And, you know, look, I think this also speaks to the desperation that teams feel to have someone that they can put forth in front of their fan base, in front of the rest of the people in their organization, and say, see, here's our king. Here's our franchise quarterback. We have one. And they will desperately do whatever they can to hold on to that. Especially if, in this case, remember, before Kyle Murray got drafted number one overall, they had drafted a quarterback in the first round named Josh Rosen the year before. Hmm. So... This is not a team that's willing to just kind of go ahead and say, oh, you know what, we're going to walk away from this situation when we married this guy with this head coach because we thought they were the perfect marriage, which is the right thing to do. They thought that schematically and culturally and fundamentally, this fit, this was going to take them places they haven't been before. And now to have this kind of clause introduced, I'm just telling you, it, it, it is... It's something, I don't care what line of work you're in. If someone put some kind of addendum in your contract that said, we don't quite trust how hard you work at it, yeah, I take that pretty damn personal, for sure. Well, Kyler was asked today if he was mad that the addendum was added to the contract, and he declined to answer that. I think the other big piece here, guys, is the decline that you see in Kyler's play in the latter parts of season. So, for instance, the last eight games that Kyler Murray started last season, the Cardinals went 2-6 and six after getting off to that roaring start at the beginning part of the season. Murray had seven touchdown passes and seven interceptions in those games. More on this coming later, but let's get to some more news today with Adam. We start with an unfortunate scene at Bucks. Camp with center Ryan Jensen. Laura Ryan Jensen, the Buccaneers center, who is an inspirational leader on that team, a tough guy on the offensive line, carted off in practice today, goes down in the middle of practice today. You heard him yelling on the field. You saw him throwing his helmet. So if somebody as tough as Ryan Jensen is on the field laying there, throwing his helmet, being carted off, you know it's not good. And I've been told it's not good. Again, I think the Buccaneers know, and they're just not ready to say how severe it is, but I would be surprised if it's not a significant knee injury that sidelines him for an extensive amount of time. They just don't want to say anything just yet because testing is still ongoing and they're going through that process. But right now, they're going to have to prepare to play without Ryan Jensen, who went down today. And this will be a big loss for an offensive line that already lost Alex Kappa to the Cincinnati Bengals in free agency and Ali Marpet to retirement. So now you take the entire interior part of the offensive line and it's being remade as Tom Brady came back for this upcoming season. Yeah, Lewis, you automatically think about Jensen, right, and, and hope that he's okay, and you think about his career and all of that, but then mm. you naturally go to Tom Brady, as Adam just did. If Jensen has to miss time and significant time, how big a deal is this? Laura, I don't think we can understate how big of a deal it is. I think when Tom Brady said he was coming back, one of the first people that I, I believe he said that he had contacted was Ryan Jensen, and, and, and Ryan was really, I guess, on his way towards re-signing anyway. But he knows how important the interior three of his offensive line is to his style of play. 
which isn't one where he's out on the perimeter, where they're moving the pocket for him very much so he can get away from pressure and or change the launch points of his throws. Tom likes to sit about five to seven yards, eight yards, right behind the center, right between the two guards. So the interior of the pocket needs to stay secure for him. He has three totally new people there from, the, you know, as, as, uh, as opposed to a year ago. And now he doesn't know what kind of protection he's going to get. So fundamentally, from a passing game perspective, this could totally change everything for him until we see just how that, those three players in particular gel once the regular season starts. This is a huge deal for them. Huge. Yeah, Lewis, I agree, man. Like, listen, the last time I watched a football game, I don't think I've ever seen a game start without a ball snapped or kicked. So, again, that, that center position is so vital for a quarterback. And, listen, we've seen Super Bowls start off with a snap over the quarterback's head. So that position in general, pointing out the mic, understanding protections, getting your offensive line on the same page, a center is vital for everybody on the line and it starts in the middle and then it works its way out so again having a guy that's not going to be there that has been there been the rock for tom i mean that's a huge deal so hopefully hopefully it's not a serious serious injury and rob where has tom brady shown that he's vulnerable in games with pressure up the middle so now you lose your center you lose both your guards mm. and the starting center is likely to be somebody named robert hainsey hainsby from notre dame and so they're introducing a new center here, an entire new offensive line. That is a problem area for the Buccaneers as they move forward, introducing the new center here, Robert Hainsey from Notre Dame. Ryan Jensen has played the most offensive snaps by any player in the NFL over the last five seasons. we got a lot more coming your way on NFL Live today. Really busy day here and glad you're with us. Trey Lance is QB1 for the 49ers, but he's still missing his receiver one at training camp. Here why Debo Samuel sitting out is actually a really big deal. And then we're going to get to Lamar at camp, practicing like it's a normal year, but we all know it's not. And should he be out there? Hear what our guys have to say. We'll be right back. More NFL Live carries on next. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, ESPN Fantasy Football is the number one fantasy game with the season right around the corner. Get your league started now at ESPN.com slash fantasy football. We're back with Adam and some players that might be important to your fantasy roster as you're trying to put that thing together right now. So, Adam, take us through some players who are at camp but not participating as they wait for new contracts. Let's start with DK Metcalf. Well, Laura, this seems to be the trend across the league right now. Holding in rather than holding out. Players have to be there, so they show up to avoid the fines under the CBA, but they just don't practice. There you see DK Metcalf not practicing while he hopes for the new contract that both sides think will be coming at some point this summer, probably sooner rather than later. Seattle has made it a priority to pay DK Metcalf rather than trade him despite the inquiries. And of course, we have Derwin James, the Charger safety, deploying the same strategy. He's off to the side. He's doing conditioning drills, and they want to pay him. He's a leader of that team. He's beloved and respected. He's a huge talent that plays the game a lot like Sean Taylor, and the Chargers are about to reward him for it. The question is when they can get the deal done. Deontay Johnson pulling out the same play from that playbook of not practicing until he gets paid with all the big money going around to wide receivers this offseason. He's been a target monster, and he wants to be paid like it as well. Pittsburgh's trying to handle the problem, and both sides are hoping to get a new deal worked out very soon. And the same is true of Debo Samuel in San Francisco, who's been looking for that new deal. The 49ers want to make it happen, so he's off on the side doing conditioning drills, not going through practice, taking reps and passes from Trey Lance, instead doing work on his own while his agents try to work out a new contract that will place him amongst the highest paid wide receivers in the game. Four players, all their names begin with D. They're all going for the big dollars. So there's some kind of trend here going on across the league with these hold-ins rather than hold-outs. Oh, that got me, Adam. It's good. Alliteration. So, Lewis, I feel like all the time we hear about <laughs> players doing this, right? It, it just becomes commonplace in the NFL. It's true for other leagues as well. But what's the actual impact of Debo not practicing right now to maybe even the rest of his teammates? Yeah, look, Debo, Laura, when you talk to Kyle Shanahan or you talk to John Lynch out there, is the unquestioned heartbeat of this organization, Mm. Uh, both on the field and off the field. Everybody takes their cues from him. He sets the tone. He's the guy who coming out of the tunnel. You're the one. He's the one who you see, along with Trent Williams, with the big boom box dancing and getting everybody hyped up and ready to go. Kyle has pointed to it many, many times that this team goes as he goes. And so right now, although he's there and he's, you know, he's in attendance, look, for a young quarterback like Trey Lance, who is trying to now establish his footing, he would be the kind of guy who obviously is in the huddle with him, who could kind of like make sure that Trey is always on the up and up, that Trey is always feeling supported and motivated. And he could be the one who'd be telling Trey, hey, look, this is where I'm going to be on this play. This is where I'm going to be on this play. This is how I like to have the ball delivered to me here. What are you seeing there? It's so important for him to be on the field, especially considering the fact that they have a young quarterback who was taking over for Jimmy Garoppolo, that I, I don't, you can't really put a price tag on that. And this is a big year for this organization as it transitions to this quarterback who was drafted number three overall. Debo has to be there if they want to get the return on investment that they're looking for. Yeah, Lewis, I agree with you on that. When you look at 
a receiver of all positions, if you were a defensive end, a linebacker, it's so like if you missed, if you were still participating and running, okay, at least you're still staying in shape. But that position is so vital for a young quarterback in the timing aspect. So when you're going through seven on seven, when you're doing all the routes on air, that's all timing to get your timing down, the rhythm, the cadence in the huddle, everything that you do as a quarterback the more reps that you get, the better you are because you're confident, you're comfortable. And when you have your number one receiver, obviously it's going to be a little bit easier. So if it was Jimmy G as the starting quarterback, I wouldn't worry really. I'd be like, okay, they've had this. They've been there before. They've done training camp. They've played in games. But if it's Trey Lance, it's a young quarterback that needs his number one receiver. I would really want to get a deal done fast. So week one, they hit the field running and they're not searching for chemistry week one into the season. Yeah, there's something too specifically about Debo's skill set, guys, that sticks out to me that helps a rookie quarterback. It's his ability to get yards after the catch. In fact, he's led all wide receivers mm -hmm. in yards after the catch in each of the last two seasons. So it's not that he can't stretch the field, but if Trey Lance wants to sort of have those easy passes, let Debo Samuel do the rest of the mm -hmm. work, that's nice to know that he's capable of doing that. Let's get to another story out of camp. The Bears hosting the Highland Park High School football team at Wednesday's training camp practice. This is a part of the organization's community day. And of course, Highland Park, which is roughly six miles south of the Bears Lake Forest training camp facility, was the site of a mass shooting during a 4th of July parade. You see him out there, and the team also donated $80,000 to the Highland Park Community Foundation. Great work by the Bears there. We've got more coming your way here on NFL Live. The Steelers, what we're going to get into, they might have a dilemma at quarterback, but we're going to tell you why the Steelers' offense is going to be just fine. The reason why their two quarterbacks now might be better suited for that offense than even Big Ben was. That's next. Welcome back to NFL Live. Teams across the NFL are in training camp as we speak, including the Cleveland Browns you see out there still waiting for a decision from the league on a possible discipline for Deshaun Watson. Watson has settled with 20 of the 24 women who sued him for inappropriate sexual behavior in massage sessions. Kimberly Martin is at Browns camp for us. And Kimberly, today out there at practice, you watched Watson, also spoke to Amari Cooper. So what's Amari Cooper mm -hmm. saying about Watson? Oh, Laura. Amari Cooper was effusive in his praise of Deshaun Watson. He even called the Browns QB a magician because he can make all the plays and everything he does is just incredible on the field. Cooper said he just makes it happen. Now, even today, under the watchful eye of team owners D and Jimmy Haslam, Amari Cooper caught every single pass thrown to him by Deshaun Watson. But there's a good chance that that magic that they have will have to be postponed because the team and Watson are still waiting to hear whether he will be suspended, as you said, for violating the league's personal conduct policy. But when I spoke to Cooper this afternoon, I sat down with him and I asked him about not having Deshaun. He said, this is a completely different situation than what I dealt with in Dallas. Dak Prescott, as we know, in got injured in week five of that 2020 season. And Cooper said, when you lose your quarterback during the season, in the middle of the season, play calls that are already scripted, that that's part of your repertoire, they get, you have to deviate from all that stuff. But when you have an offseason to prepare for that inevitability of losing a quarterback, you can cater your offense to whoever that quarterback is going to be, Laura.
Yeah, and you told us yesterday, Kimberly, how confident they are in Jacoby Brissett. An important point there. More from Kimberly coming throughout the week. Elsewhere in the AFC North, let's go to the Steelers. They have the task of replacing Big Ben in the QB battle featuring Mitch Trubisky and rookie Kenny Pickett already getting a lot more attention than head coach Mike Tomlin might want it to. Either way, here's what Pittsburgh is saying about their quarterbacks you see out there on the field practicing from today. We're not going to micromanage or overmanage this quarterback competition. Um, the depth chart will not rest on every throw. I know that you guys will want to ask me every day and every throw, um, but we're going to be a little bit more steady than that. I think it's important from a leadership perspective to, 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 to not overmanage it, to not be uh, too impulsive. You ready to name a starting quarterback after the first <laughs> practice? I'm not. I'm not, but ask me tomorrow. Ask me tomorrow. We, we will, Mike. Don't worry. <laughs> no question. I think it's just being a great teammate every day, uh, having those conversations uh, in the meeting room, in the locker room, or wherever we're at at practice, uh, helping him if he has any questions, and just uh, share my experiences with him. Our Steelers reporter, Brooke Pryor, joins us now. Today's practice just wrapped up. Brooke, of course, is going to be a part of asking all these questions about the starting quarterback over the next couple of weeks or maybe beyond that. But, Brooke, what have you seen from the QBs these first two days of camp? Well, Laura, I can tell you, first of all, that Mike Tomlin told us to ask him today if he was ready to name a starting quarterback. So I did that just a few minutes ago, and he said, not yet. He did not add, ask me again tomorrow. So mm. we'll see if I ask him tomorrow if he's tired of this bit yet. Uh, but it's interesting here because, like Tomlin said, he's not micromanaging or hyper-analyzing this quarterback situation. But that's not stopping the fans who are gathered uh, on some of the fields and hills and grandstands behind me here at Trobe from doing that uh, yesterday Mitch Trubisky came in he took the first two reps of the team period and had two incompletions and a fan yelled get Pickett in there but that fan may be regretting his words because then today Kenny Pickett went in on his first rep for a team period he threw an interception he was also picked off yesterday Mason Rudolph actually has looked like the most consistent quarterback out here but guys we are just two days into a very long quarterback competition between these three guys. It's going to go on for a very long time. Do not hang your hat on every single throw, even if you really might be tempted to. Yeah, I mean, Brooke, you kind of sound like Coach Tomlin there. That's sort of what he's telling us. Let's not be <laughs> impulsive here. But listen, keep asking those questions, girl. I love it. Thanks so much to Brooke Pryor for joining <laughs> us here. Adam, let's go to you. What are you hearing about the Steelers QB competition? Well, Laura, great that Mike Tomlin could laugh about the questions after day one and two, but let's see if he's laughing again after day 11 oh, and 12 when mm -hmm. he continues to be asked the same <laughs> questions every single day until he names a starter. And I think the perception is, is that Mitchell Trubisky is the favorite to be the starter on opening day. It would be a surprise no matter what happens here early in camp if he weren't the starter. Kenny Pickett would really have to shine. Mason Rudolph would really have to shine. Mitch Trubisky played well during the offseason program, during the OTAs, impressed those in the organization, and I think he's the clear-cut favorite to land the starting job. But until then, Mike Tomlin will continue to be peppered with the same types of questions every day until he decides to name an official starter. Yeah, I mean, the one thing is, at least Tomlin hasn't had to deal with these types of questions his entire career as the Steelers head coach, right? So, sorry, mm. you're going to have to do it now, coach. But, <laughs> Nick, are you buying that Mitchell Trubisky is the answer for the Steelers' offense? Yeah, I think he is. And, look, when he was in Chicago, that market is – 
quarter, they'll eat you up as a quarterback. And when he was there, he had some bright spots. I mean, let's not forget, he got that team into the playoffs and he had some good moments and he had some bad moments. But then again, he moved on to a, a great place in Buffalo where he could sit back behind Josh Allen. He could be a backup. He could recharge and regroup and then go to another place and compete for a, a starting job. So I think that with that time off and a new fresh start, this is going to be a great opportunity for him to kind of flush away the past, forget about Chicago, and move on to Pittsburgh. And again, I think that his mind, where his mindset is, is going to be really beneficial in him having a successful season. Yeah, look, I, you know, I take a little bit more of a 30,000-foot view of this entire quarterback competition. And, Laura, you know, I have spoke about this before when I was up there and we were talking about Pittsburgh, I believe, on NFL Live. Mm -hmm. And I think I look at this as really being something that is really going to reflect on Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, as to how this quarterback situation pans out and then how well whoever it is that winds up being the starter, how well that guy actually plays. Because, look, Last year, this offense really didn't have an identity. They wanted to do a lot of attacking the edges, running lots of jet sweeps, getting out on the perimeter, getting out on the perimeter, not just with the run game as far as the running backs and wide receivers were concerned, but ideally they'd like to do it with the quarterbacks. And they just didn't have the personnel to do it. But they kept trying to fit a square peg into a round hole until eventually they said, look, we're a downhill type of football team. We just need to run Najee north and south, maybe utilize some play action, help out this bad offensive line. Well, we need to see just how much better this revamped offensive line is this mm. year. And then whether or not these quarterbacks can do the kind of things that Matt needs them to do in order to make this team be a true contender in the AFC North. So as much as we want to put the onus on who wins the quarterback job, I'm putting the onus on how does Matt Canada bring these guys along and then ultimately utilize them. Yeah, Lewis, I'm glad you brought up the O-line. In fact, last season, Pittsburgh had the second-worst pass-block win rate in the NFL. Uh, you can really only go up from there, so hopefully they will for everybody's sake. Okay, we got a lot more to get to here on NFL Live. Is this Ezekiel Elliott's last chance to make an impact in Dallas? Kind of crazy to say, but the guys tell us what Zeke needs to do in order to succeed. Find out next. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Don't miss the NFL's Back Together Saturday happening again with all 32 NFL teams practicing at their individual training camp sites. We got coverage from every single one of them. 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on ESPN and then from 1 to 3 Eastern on ABC. This Saturday in just a couple days, Back Together Saturday also available on the ESPN app and NFL Network. Your NFL Live crew will be with you throughout the entire day. Let's read and react to the latest news and things said around the league. We begin with Miami and Tyreek Hill talking again, but this time it's about his fellow Dolphins receiver, Jalen Waddle. Listen to this. Oh, they're scared. I'm going to tell you what, J-Dub, like, he's he, he's faster than I thought. Like, when I first got here, I was like, okay, he's a 4-3. Because typically, like, when you see 4-3 four, four, guys, you know, they don't run as fast on the football field. But J-Dub, like, he actually, he actually runs a 4-3 on the football field. There's a difference. Right, so like I said, man, I'm very excited for the season. You know, I, I can't wait to see him blossom and continue to continue to move his game forward, which I know he will because he comes out here every single day and he runs hard and he wants to get better. Nick, would you be scared as a defense facing Tyreek and Waddle? <laughs> you know what? As a defender, I wouldn't be scared because if they put me on him to cover him, it wouldn't even it, there would be no chance of me covering him. So I'd turn around, I'd look at the DBs, I'd say, yo, cover this guy, he's really fast. I'm going to rush the passer. But, I, I mean, as a linebacker, defensive end, I wouldn't be scared. I'm not going against him. I would look – I'd ask the DBs, oh, are you so, scared? Yeah. Don't be scared. He's somebody, fast. I'll get to the quarterback. Somebody else's job. All right, to the Chargers, where head coach Brandon Staley got some criticism at times last season for going for it on fourth down. Here's what he's saying about it now. All of those decisions are about feel. All of them are. They're about mindset. And, and then there's the, there's the math that's it's also a part of it, but it's, it's more mindset than, than math. I can assure you that. And um, it's the way that we want to play as a team. Um, and I think that um, we're going to try and get better as we go. Lewis, you like his approach? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I like the combination, Laura, of using the math and, you know, kind of going with the probability of you being successful when you make those kind of decisions to go for it on fourth down in combination with understanding where your team is at, how the game is going, what the game circumstances is, and really a gut feel. But boy, there are going to be some people who are ticked off at that answer. This is going to spark a whole new round of whether you gut versus statistics. I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> I know. The eye roll is really important there from you, Lou. Okay, to New York, where Saquon Barkley is preparing for a comeback. Here he is in camp. God got a bigger plan, and it's all going to work out. So coming up with this year, year five, for me, uh, I just want to, like I said in you know, my first uh, first interview when I talked to you guys this, this year, um, I just want to show the Giants that you know the guy that they drafted is still here. Um, and I can still go out there and make the plays and help my team help help my team be successful. Adam, what are the expectations for Saquon this season? Well, Laura, the Giants know how much talent he has, and they know how much he has on the line because, frankly, he wants a new contract. And to get that new contract at a position that often doesn't get paid, he's going to have to stay healthy and produce. He looked great in practice so far, making a couple of great catches. But the pressure's on Saquon to produce, and he feels like he's up to the challenge. We'd love to see it. Elsewhere in the NFC East, the Cowboys are at training camp. Ed Werder told us yesterday how Zeke played with an injury last season and garnered praise from Jerry Jones for doing so. Still, he's sharing that running back position as you see him out there with Tony Pollard now. Here's Zeke at camp. Uh, I, think, I think it is a big season. Um, 
you know, but I think you can't look too far down the road. I think if I focus on, you know, every day, if I focus on having a good day at camp, if I focus on, you know, taking it week by week, uh, I think everything will, will handle itself. And uh, I don't think there's really a reason to look that far down the road. I think if I handle uh, my business every day, then I'll be in a pretty good situation at the end of the season. Ezekiel Elliott averaged over 125 scrimmage yards per game during his first four seasons, which led the NFL. However, over the last two seasons, that number has plummeted to roughly 81 yards per game. And Zeke's been less of a big play threat as the percentage of his rushes that gained 10 or more yards has declined. And listen, ball security has been an issue, too. Zeke has lost more fumbles in the last two seasons than he did in his first four years combined. There's also the issue that a lot of the decline happened after he got paid big. So, Lewis, is this the last chance for Zeke to prove himself worthy of his contract? Yeah, Laura, I think we know that running backs have a very finite shelf life in the NFL, and people are always looking to get younger and cheaper at that position because we know just how much you know, your, your longevity is impacted by the kind of, the kind of hits that you take and, by, and just by the sheer, you know, physicality of the position. We know that. And we know that Zeke is probably much closer to the end than obviously he is to the beginning. That being said, with all of the emphasis that's going to be put on his preparation and whether or not he still has the same level of explosiveness, the same level of elusiveness behind the line of scrimmage, whether he can hold on to the ball, all, look, all of that is a given. We know that is all on him. Also, we need to talk about whether or not this offensive line is better this year because it wasn't very good last year. And just how good is this passing game and how much can it get defenses to back off? Because if, it, if the passing game's not good and the offensive line is not good, neither of these running backs, neither him or Tony Pollard, are going to be worth anything in terms of, you know, producing the kind, the kind of yardage that they need them to produce. Yeah, Lewis, you're right. And, and look, you can't put four scoops of potato salad on a paper plate. It just will fall in half. It'll fold in half. you got to have balance, just like an offense. you got to have balance in the offense between <laughs> – you like that one, huh? So it's between – I, I sure do. they got to have a balance together. they got to have a nice balance. And then on top of it all, just like what Lewis said, the offensive passing attack has to be – terrific and I think Dak is going to have to be terrific this season he's going to have to move up the ranks be a top five quarterback to help out everybody else on his offense he's going to have to be terrific if Zeke's going to have a big year it's not just because he's got a loaded plate half the plate of potato salad's going to fall apart you got to have balance <laughs> you know, I mean, here's the thing uh, Nink you got to like double or triple up your plate you know that that's the other key there if you've got the picnic and you're trying <laughs> or you, not or to you got to get the more yeah, or you got to get the more expensive the, Dixie the thicker plates ones. and not those real yeah, cheap the, paper the, ones, you know? <laughs> yeah. We're going to yeah. get like a paper plate sponsorship here, guys. Good work. Uh, new on NFL Live, this news in from Adam on Quan Alexander. Adam, what you got? Well, Laura, I'm just cleaning up the potato salad from my paper plate, but I can tell you that Quan Alexander, the former 49ers and Saints linebacker, is signing a one-year deal with the New York Jets. He's reunited with Robert Sala in New York. The two were together in San Francisco. The Jets have been looking at Quan Alexander for some time, and they just got a deal done, a one-year deal to give the Jets even more talent and more depth at the linebacker position. Man, I'm just saying, uh, this Jets roster on, on paper, not paper plate, looks pretty good. Wow, that was a good one. Also, by the way, potato salad, underrated dish. Okay, coming up next on NFL Live, no deal, no problem for Lamar Jackson. He just spoke, and wait till you hear what he said about the timeline of getting his deal done. He actually answered the question. We'll bring it to you next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
I also like coleslaw. Everybody else, coleslaw, baked beans. I got my head out this Back on NFL Live, and this was pretty interesting today. Kyler Murray called a surprise press conference to address the addendum that was added to his contract. And then, of course, this information leaked that he has to do independent study time, four hours a week, individual study time. Here's more of what he said about that and how he feels. I think any player, um, you know, as far as one of the greatest moments in, you know, one's life or one's professional career to go to that, to Oh, you're being talked about. Like that. Yeah, I mean, of course. I think any player would, you know, feel a certain way about it. But at the end of the day, you say what you say. I feel good about, you know, I, I'm gonna say what I say all the time. You know, I'm gonna say how I feel, and it is what it is. So, um, I understand media, and I understand how it works. Um, but that's why I'm here today, and I'm telling you what it is. Okay, so to another quarterback who spoke just a little while ago, Lamar Jackson. He's been out at camp. He's been fully involved in practice, as you see him right there. And he was asked, when is this deal getting done with the Ravens? Here's how he answered that question. Whenever we do, whenever we have free time, you know, mutual free time. Mutual free time. We working right now. I'm in camp right now. Oh, uh, man, I want to win at the end of the day. You know, I just want to be great. You know, I just want to work with my brothers at the end of the day. I don't want to, you know, leave them out there hanging. No, that's not me. That's never been me. You know, like I told you, we have a mutual conversation. I'm going to keep that in-house. Adam, I had the same reaction you did when you heard Lamar's answer to that. Listen, we don't have free time right now to, to be doing yeah. deals, right? Well, Laura, you usually work on 200-plus million dollar deals during free time. I mean, right. that, what other time is there to do 200 million dollar <laughs> deals, right? Free time. So maybe two sides can find some free time this summer to get together to figure out one of the richest deals in the National Football League. I would hope and think that both sides would be able to find that free time. Yeah, where do we stand with that, Adam? <laughs> Well, the two sides have been going back and forth. They didn't have a lot of free time last year to get it done. So they continued those talks during the offseason. The talks have been ongoing. And I think all along, Baltimore has been waiting on Lamar to do the deal. And Lamar made a great decision last year waiting to do the deal. But the numbers now have gotten so high and the guaranteed money is so high. And as long as the Ravens don't require him to study four hours a week. I think they should be able to figure out a way during their free time to get this deal done. Yeah, no more of those addendums, please. Uh, Nink, you heard what Lamar said himself about why he's out there. He said he didn't want his teammates out there without him, and that was important to him. And listen, that's who he is as a player. That's who he is as a person. But do you think he should be out there without a deal? I mean, me personally, no, I'd be, I'd be shaking to go sign a contract. But listen, I love the confidence. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, and if Lamar wrote a book on betting on yourself, I would read it. Because the, the dude just keeps betting on himself. He goes out there, and the contracts just get bigger and bigger and bigger. So if, I think for him, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to play football. I'm going to go out here and ball with my teammates. We're going to have fun. We're going to win football games. And he's going to get paid more and more and more. So again, betting on himself. Just like the most successful people in history, he's betting on himself. Yeah, look, I have nothing but respect for his approach and his confidence. I don't like the business strategy. I don't like the risk, but you're right, Rob. I respect the man's confidence because I'll tell you this. If this would, I I don't know, look, they may wind up striking a deal tomorrow and then I'm going to have to come back and go, (laughs) see if I can erase what I'm about to say. But you know what? If... 
if there was a deal on the table that was close to being near the top of the market, close to Deshaun Watson guaranteed type money, close to paying him on average near the top two or three, I would assume he would have signed it by now. I would assume mm. that this would be announced here soon. And maybe it would, maybe it will be. But you know what? The longer this goes, the longer this goes through the month of August, the more I'm believing they're not, Lamar's thinking one thing and they're thinking another. And he is just going to say, hey, you know what? The hell with it. I am going to bet on me. And you know what? I'm going to try and rip everyone a new one that we play this year. And then I'm going to play that game of chicken in the offseason. As far as you franchising me or let me get the free agency, I'm going to play the Kirk Cousins game. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing a high risk game, a high stakes game of, you know, injury risk here. But so be it. I'm not taking a below market deal. You aren't going to get me for cheap. It just seems like it's heading that way. And that scares the heck wow. out of me. Yeah. But boy, are we going to be talking about it a lot. Yeah. And his strategy has worked out so far, and he is not the first Ravens quarterback who we've seen bet on himself. Remember when Joe Flacco deployed a similar strategy and used it and won a Super Bowl title and used it to land, at that time, a huge contract. Now Lamar Jackson taking a page from the Joe Flacco playbook, and the Ravens are back to where they were in the past. All right, guys, so we got time for one more thing before we go. Dak Prescott at the podium, I believe, still right now for the Cowboys, but he was asked about the final play of last season. Listen to this. Yeah, it was tough, um, but it was easy to get back to work knowing that that's the only thing that could uh, that can change that and the only thing that I can I can do to, to fix that and to fix uh, anything moving forward. So that, that feeling's a nasty feeling, and, and that's one that when you think about, um, as I said, you want to go work. You want to go do whatever you can to make sure that you don't feel that way again. And, um, yeah, that's what we're out here trying to do. Lewis, what do you think? Look, I think Dak understands that, you know, those were, those were things that, you know, that really were in the hands of coaches. That really wasn't his decision as far as, you know, the tactics at the end of the game. But Dak needs to have the best season of his career. He needs to transcend the people around him. And he needs to be as good as he's ever been. I love it. Listen, if he does that, then maybe they have a chance in that really competitive NFC East. Everybody on the show yesterday said the Eagles are winning it. In fact, Adam went ahead and declared it too. We'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live. Thanks for being with us today.